All right. Well, hello there. This is Ross Travis, Artistic Director of Antic and a Drain. And I am sitting here with Ronlin Foreman. Who's <laughs> having, having some lemonade. Hello, Ross. <laughs> um, and we, this is our first day of a two-week working together down here in Powell's Crossroads, Tennessee, um, generously funded through the uh, Net 10 Travel Grant. Thank you very much, Network of Ensemble Theaters. Um, and our work for these next two weeks is partially um, going to be uh, creating uh, characters and groundwork for a new show called Tempting Fate that is a Buffon one-person show about climate change and partially um, investigative research into the territory of Buffon. Um, and let's see, maybe will you just talk a little bit that is about you about you and in your work to to start with gosh i didn't know yeah. i was gonna have to do that well like just like yeah not just like where you're coming from like a little well back well, like yeah, okay i'll backgrounds. say kind of the the first strongest motivation that i have in, the, in my work in the theater has been the, well, I'll say the evocation of mystery is my interest in how in the hands of the actor, the world in front of the people can be changed, um, can be rearranged. So that's one of my motivating factors in the work that I did, because I, I toured with Clown uh, about 20 years, 25 years. Um, and then did toured early with a couple of theater companies in regular work, um, scripted classical stuff. Um, yeah, so my, so my motivation, my interest is what uh, overall is the capacity of the theater to create a revelatory environment, an environment for revelation, for what we haven't seen, what we haven't known, uh, to enhance the real. Awesome. Great. Um, and we met in 2009 at Del Arte International School of Physical Theater. And uh, just a little bit about the origins of this, we, of this work, working session. Um, I spent a year there at the school, and then at the end of that year, I was want, went wanting to go study this form of theater called Buffon. And we had an exit interview where it was not, we didn't talk to, do you remember this at not, all? Not so much, no. Yeah, it was, um, I was. Joan I, has the, has the. 
has posted copy for it. Oh, she does. <laughs> probably she, so. Yeah, yeah. It's so, <laughs> so it's some somewhere. Deep, we should get right, that. Right, right. We could, do, we could be, probably yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, would yeah. be interesting. Because um, I was like, I'm gonna get, I want to go do this form of mm -hmm. theater, Buffon. And you were like, mm, you, you like weren't into it. You, it seemed like you, mm -hmm. you said something and I don't remember, I think I actually have it written down somewhere, um, vaguely what it was, but, um, something about a masquerade, something about it being a ma masquerade possibly, um, Anyways, I don't remember. Well, yeah. I, and I don't recall particularly, but my, my, uh, okay, for them at the time, I was director of training at yes. Del Arte. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was, I had been intrigued by the development of the Buffon work as um, social critic, um, as uh, a provocative form of interaction with the audience, um, of critique of society. But uh, I continue to find work or see work that is um, And this is going to sound contradictory, but it seemed that it provoked or uh, ana sorry that it animated the individuals the individuals um, uh, enthusiasm for uh, um, for the what do you call it? the um, the cut mm -hmm. to cut people down because that had that had developed um, when I was young it had and but gotten stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until sort of the cool thing in society had become how do I lacerate this person so that it's really funny mm -hmm. Beavis and Butthead and a lot of the a lot of the cartoon work that had begun to come out South Park South Park. Yeah you know, relied on this kind of social, quote, critique that was, that, the, at the, that I found at the root to be a kind of humiliation. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the Indian, uh, the American Native, the Native American Indians, um, and the clown, um, in terms of the Hopi, the different tribes, different, and, and this is true internationally, that the clown in society is often the one who brings, uh, who tries to keep, not tries, but who ends up keeping a kind of uh, social stability by ridiculing that which is ridiculable, mm -hmm. that which is ridiculous. Um, and particularly in some primitive societies, it was the clown who came down and ridiculed, that, that kept people, uh, kept people um, obeying the rules of the society, 
um, because they knew that when the clowns came, they would be ridiculed publicly for things that they had done and tried to keep secret. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I understand the context of it all. My, my um, reservations are about how I think enthusiastic the individual is about having a guise that will allow them to do that. Mm. Do you make do that? Uh, yeah. Well, having having a mask mm -hmm. that will allow them to do the improper things to call out, to ridicule, to be nasty to um, another person because they're being bouffant. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, we've, in our conversation since then, this, this uh, getting ready for this time, I'd noted that uh, especially now, after this time has, so much time has passed, that, that it feels, um, that the guise of the bouffant, that the mask of the bouffant, feels um, hackneyed to me. Mm -hmm. That it is a quick go-to for somebody who wants to play anti-society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, just that. I think it's an interesting form to go through. My interest in Buffon moves more to a to a community that is not as clever and more immersed in the darkness of their society mm. um, and so it's it's difficult to create a theatrical environment with a character, a community of characters that aren't able in whatever way to hold a history, that it is only sensation that they respond to. Um, yeah, the, so, the, so, so the, the darkest thing and or deepest thing is that if I that if one takes away the ability of the bouffon to um, to insult to ridicule um, then you're left with a mute deformed entity who has to suffer the complications of of that muteness Mm -hmm. um, yeah. of the inability to articulate their world. Um, and at one point, you know, many people were saying, oh, it's a we're in a bouffant time now. This is very, you know, so it's a, a very injurious, a very hurtful, deformed time. Um, that's been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's ramping up. Seems it's kind like of ramping up, like except getting... I, I, except so, so, yeah, 
it can it is it is moving into the side that I identify through the quote critique the satire the the ridicule into the into a deep sadness that is that is a kind of sorrow that is inarticulate inarticulatable um, that is only uh, inferred from this deep mute um, state of lack of comprehension mm-hmm. an inability to comprehend mm. the structure of time of history of how this how this causes that causes that causes that causes that how my response to this has a calculatable um, time of reference reference for time yeah you know, that I can construct or I can deconstruct or I you know so there's a great um, and I can use the word but it's not a theatrical use of the word there's a great tragic quality about Buffon to me Mm -hmm. um, that is uh, that is a kind of mute painfulness um and is a is a is a kind of mute poetic quality mm. that exists can only exist in silence. Mm. Um, yeah. That that is allowed to rise in silence, and is my preference also is my point of point of view my perspective that theater the base of the theater exists in stillness and silence mm-hmm. and is why there is why I hold a real affection for an aspect of Buffon because at the base of that is a kind of tragic spirit is a an aloneness mm-hmm. yeah Cool. <laughs> so, to give a little um, a, desper- a desperation, if it was, if if the the character were were a comprehending entity, uh-huh. cognitive entity, um, it would be uh, desperate. But, yes. But is not cognitive, and so there's a lack of desperation. Only this kind of um, black solitude. Wow. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, um, to I'll say this <laughs> bruised solitude. I like the sounds of that. Um, and to, to give a little context to those who are listening, with, um, at Del Arte, what is that? N- n- nine? 10 years ago, uh, we did not have wow. this in-depth right. of a conversation, so right. it was a right. brief passing. Right. Um, and I went on to study this form with Giovanni Fusetti and Dodi DeSanto, and then 
I uh, worked with Naked Empire Buffon Company in San Francisco for three years. Um, we made a show called You Killed Hamlet or Guilty Creatures Sitting mm, at a Play mm, mm, uh, mm. about um, Western society's avoidance of um, dysfunctional relationship with death. Uh -huh. um, and we toured that in Canada. Um, and then I was with And them. that's with uh, Justino. Yeah, with Justino. Nathaniel Justiniano. Nathaniel, right. Yes, and then I started my own company um, called Antic and a Drain, and I've created two works, um, The Greatest Monkey Show on Earth and then Bucko Whale Man. And I was getting, I've been at a point actually since my work with um, Naked Empire where there are aspects like I know that this is the bedrock and the heart, the core, this Buffon work is the core of what I, my voice and what I like, how I like to express it. Um, but there's aspects and um, just things about the form that have bothered me for a long time or that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, and so I, that's why I was mm, like mm, reached mm, out mm, to you and I mm. was like, okay, let's, because of what you had, that brief mm -hmm. little encounter mm -hmm. all those years ago, I was like, let's see, it would be fun to get together and provoke each other and see, cool. see what happens, you know? Um, what is okay so what's the most powerful piece of either political theater or mm. satire that you've ever seen like ever seen can you describe anything that you've seen that you were like okay that that was no um or talk about so were you Talk about that, well, or Fusetti Giovanni's work at Dell'Arte with the Buffon study, the year that he was there with the MFA class, um, is a really cogent. I'll use the word beautiful, um, a really clear, um, entertaining engagement with this work, with the characters, really inventive characters. Um, and so that work uh, is to me really, uh, really interesting in a cabaret type of format, mm -hmm. but not as, a, not as theater per se. Yeah. Um, that's all. Yeah. And um, you were, this form of the style that you were talking about a little earlier, mm -hmm. have you ever created something no. like that or seen something like uh, that? that no, my, my only movement toward this is this show, Pigeon Show, uh, a play of fools that I've mm -hmm. done for a while. And that came out of. Um, Mm, a kind of a kind of tearing on the inside uh, and a and an interest in 
deconstruction, um, a character of an alligator who uh, wants to keep the community, wants to keep pristine, uh, wants to keep their section of the Mississippi River pristine, and so they develop a method, a technique for scooping their shit up and throwing it onto their shoulder. They had begun to walk upright. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of around 40 years, they're crushed to death under these huge piles of their own shit. So there's a, their characters, there's a maggot, um, an idiot, who exists silently initially on the stage in a state of terror watching to make sure that time doesn't pass him because if time passes him or when it does he is sure that the maggot will eat his guts and so he 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 wastes his life he eats his life essentially metaphorically um waiting to make sure that the maggot doesn't eat his life. Mm -hmm. And there's a point at which he shows we, we see him transform into the maggot of time. So there's, a, there's an awkward relationship uh, between what I wish to maintain in terms of a, uh, a societal image or in terms of how I control my um, existence in time. Uh, there's a dichotomy between that and what destroys that inside, mm. what, I, what I hide to maintain that pleasant appearance. Yeah. Um, so... Okay. Uh, yeah, and then, and then, so this, this, so in the play, it deconstructs itself. Yes. As a show, this guy does Madame Butterfly and yeah. uh, on spring shoes and uh, horsey float on his head and commits suicide to, as a means of beginning the show. Yeah, and so, it even like starts as a deconstruction, basically, yes, kind of, because yep. you come out, it's you. And, yes. Yeah. 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 So, so it's. Uh, I, it, there is there is a um, there is a deep absurdist quality about the play. Um, surrealist things change, and it's not uh, it plays off of the off of the real, mm -hmm. um, and it plays with a kind of uh, a kind of ugliness with the maggot of time. I remember the second time that I did the show in a dance studio in Denver in an intimate crowd trying to move through these things these images these characters so that I'm really you know before these this intimate audience that's assumed this dance studio I am really okay this maggot this idiot yeah. standing there so I looked out yeah, I'm looking. I'm you know, I'm watching the audience as this progresses, and there's a lady about four rows back that I see her head sticking through the shoulders, 
and her mouth is wide and her eyes are afraid. Uh-huh. And and I remember this image and afterwards thinking do I want to do a show where my audience looks like this? Mm, interesting. Do I want to perpetrate a performance and characters who instill this kind of uh, it's not really terror but this kind of uh, uh, aversion from the audience and what was your answer well I it's always provocative the work that the work of these characters the work of these stories was always provocative to me mm-hmm. interesting to me and so and and in the sense that it causes us, I, I hope, the audience to reflect on uh, the, our temporal state and the foolish ways that we uh, spend our lives often, um, then I, f- I find value mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at one point um, in our email exchange, you said something about not really mixing politics into your art personally. Right. But it, there is, like, in the maggot of time and the crocodile who's trying to... There is something a little bit... Like, those are meta- political metaphors, a little bit, I would they say. Are, you know. They are... They're human metaphors. Mm-hmm. They're our human condition. My, let's see. There's a yeah. Talk about I politics. I wrote about that. Yeah. Well, the politics. Yeah. Po- there's nothing that. Okay. I believe there's nothing that's done that's not poli- politic. It's yeah. Not, doesn't doesn't have political ramifications. Yeah. So any theater will be political. How how one sees the world, how one plays out relationships, is politics. Um, so, so I, my preference is to address the human condition or my condition or the person, the individual's condition, um, and, and not be tripped with, not be tripped by a political discussion. Mm. or political narratives be, because I can be political and not human. I can be technically, I can technically structure my, uh, my strategies, my social strategies, and uh, not be compassionate not be human, not be uh, empathetic. Um, Uh So uh, my discussion in the world is that discussion about compassion and empathy, about Mm -hmm. identification, um, about uh, an engagement of uh, cruelty. and often in the society, instead of turning my focus on the other and 
uh, critiquing that or being critical or uh, um, ridiculing that, my, my tendency is to find the metaphor for that engagement in myself, mm, that struggle yeah. in myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there, um, we're going to get back to that a little bit in a second, I think. Um, let's see. Um, and, and I'll say because so many of my years have been spent teaching, Mm-hmm. and engaged with the, the student, quote-unquote. Um, it is my, my work is to engage or to provoke the student to find in themselves the one who chooses, the one who, uh, who makes the decisions. Mm-hmm. Who am I who makes this choice? Who does that? So that my interest is the motive of the work that someone puts out. And if I can't find in the student a just motivation mm. for the work that comes out, then I, I ask them to go back again to look at the to look for the authentic source of what it is they wish to put before the people mm-hmm. yeah so that's you know it's it's been it's been uh, not easier but more dynamic for me to engage the student in that dialectic uh, I think because it is between two people and it's not just a psychological uh, investigate personal psychological investigation mm. that it's easier when there is a dialogue um, but it requires a student who's invested in that journey so you're, you're talking about like the difference between you working in your own work as opposed to working as a teacher? No. Yeah, there's or, not yes. saying that the same that the same exists mm-hmm. is my interest in uh, in the human response. Um, it is more difficult for me to work internally that way than it is for me to work with a student. Mm-hmm. Um, to offer provocations for that student to take a journey um, to find what their voice is, yeah. who it is that chooses. This, this phrase is by Thomas Merton um, in a, an essay uh, where he, the, what is it called, um, Learning to Live, where he talks about the relationship bet- of... Uh, of a monastic life to that of a university. Okay. That the real purpose of both is to is to discover who it is that chooses. Mm -hmm. And so the the work of any of all education is to bring forward the person. 
yeah. to reveal to themselves. So is that like when you were you were making your own work and then like when did you decide to become a teacher? Like how did that, were you called to that? Well, to I had that? always taught as, yes. as well as performed. Uh -huh. And so it was uh, less difficult for me to find work as a teacher and I found that I enjoyed it more as a dialectic um, than doing solo stuff. Yeah. Why, uh, why is that? Do you think? Well, because it's in community. I, I mean, for me, like it's in community. In community. It's yes. in, you know, you're in relationship with other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very solitary to like yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I began to say, I believe, that solo work is an anomaly. Mm -hmm. That it of the twentieth century, yeah. Really, that it's yes. me and mine, and you know how I do this. How so? It it's uh, it's emblematic of the latter part of the twentieth century. But uh, what about like a caveman hunter who comes back from killing a you know an elephant or something mm -hmm. and is telling the story around the fire? That's kind of a solo show, isn't kind it? of. But it's a uh, that's also, uh, we have theorized that. Yeah. We've made that up as mm -hmm. the what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting that you will say that this, the solo hunter will go off and show what they did to kill an elephant. Yeah, but it was a community. It would be the community <laughs> yes. that killed the elephant. Yeah. And yeah. many, quote, as we call primitive societies, ha they hunt in community. Mm -hmm. There's not yeah. just the solo person who goes off into the dangerous wild to be annihilated by yeah. nature. It's the community or several hunters who go out and hunt in community so that the one is not liable to be killed by a falling branch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah, it still is this fascination we have with the individual and of course now and <laughs> folks are going to be listening to this in our time you know in this era often it is the solo male mm -hmm. who is the who goes off to become the hero you know in so many of the awful war crap stuff it is we we adulate the solo uh, soldier who goes off and saves the day? Who, mm -hmm. you know? But it's a, it's an anomaly. Yeah. You know, the sharpshooter from Tennessee who went and picked off a whole regiment of of German soldiers and blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a. But that person becomes the hero in the society, and so it becomes the model then, the individual. And we don't see the unit that was behind him, the family that raised him. The, you know, we don't see him in context mm -hmm. of a community. We see him isolated on the screen in a photograph. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, this is it's, bad yeah. to get into this, I think in some ways on the recording because I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of this kind of, um, uh, illusion 
or myth that I am, uh, that I've covered in myself for a long time, that I don't have a vehicle to speak about. Um, so I have to rail now when you have the <laughs> microphone turned on. So I have to go, ah, the bullshit of the solo blah, 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 who said that's really not true. That's really blah, 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 you know. So, some of it I, I feel like is economic, though, too, because, like, so after, especially the 80s, you know, like, when the 80s especially, it was like, uh, what's his name, Bogosian, and, like, all these solo performers are coming out, and that's also when, like, arts funding was getting cut and like and now especially it's like i can't tour a show with more than three people yeah you know, i mean like, in myself yeah. i i had a family i had yeah. two daughters and a wife at home and i had two three i'm sorry it was two daughters at the time and mm -hmm. then a son and so i had to raise three children and it's impossible well not impossible some people do it bravely um to negotiate the mechanism of a company and the financing for that, just the uh, the logistics of that are mm -hmm. phenomenal. And you you know with yeah. with just the solo company that you have yes. and the way that you've directed these things. Um, so so it is and was for me why I did solo work. Mm -hmm because it, yeah. I didn't have to sell myself to a company to go away from my family for prolonged periods of time to be with someplace else. I could, I could go out on gigs. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it, and it's also like, I think sometimes um, uh, where, where you're based out of too, you know, like in San Francisco, right. it's hard right, to right, like right. keep right. people committed. Chicago's a great place to start an ensemble company, mm. you know, it's mm. just like, mm. depends on the, wherever you are, you mm -hmm. know, price of living, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, you've talked about this a little bit, but um, that if, is there a territory or aspect of the of Buffon work that you're inter interested in investi investigating further? Yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just what you're interested in. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you talked about this too a little bit, but may, uh, uh, any aspect that like completely annoys you that you're like. Ah, uh, this is. I well, really... I am. Well, this this you know we watched the mm -hmm. video earlier. The yes, we are America. We, we are yes, um, we watched Sasha Baron Cohen's "Who Is America?" Who is America? A little right. bit, yes. Right. So I am. Um, I am taken aback with engagements that are deliberately structured to humiliate. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, I don't, um, you know, the things, the really dastardly, bizarre things that he provokes in people or, or reveals, as you say, in people is, uh, it's good to know 
and good to be able to get rid of if, i.e., the representative is a screaming maniac. Yeah, so just so for some context, we watched the second episode of the show where um, the representative, state representative for Georgia um, does some pretty crazy things um, around Muslims and how to get rid of Muslims and uh, pretty heartbreaking things images are evoked so it's like I said when we began my 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 root my base interest is in uh, a theater that deals with the evocation of wonder Mm-hmm. or revelation or the unseen um, and so my I am I am more interested in what maybe that's it so this conversation as I understand it those of you who are listening is to get at to get at uh, perspectives mm-hmm. um, I think that my Disinterest. One of my disinterests in that material is that quote the characters, the provocative characters, the characters who provoke, um, to me are disingenuous. So that I don't see a person. I see a manner. A mannerism, a a caricature that is designed to that is designed to trip the other person, that is designed to so the objective of that character, if we have if we talk in terms of theatrical a character's objective, the objective is Duplicitous, uh, i.e., the Israeli yes. soldier, Mostly, yeah. um, is to be seen as an Israeli soldier. I guess with family, with uh, who wants to be uh, a hero, who wants to get at the terrorist, who wants to do. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that he is played. This character is played by the actor who wants to get at the interviewed person. Mm-hmm. So there's a duplicitous state that exists there that can't allow me to be interested in the character as a human being. I'm mm-hmm. interested in the character as a gimmick to foil this person that I don't have any respect for. Or that I find has has done bad things, or has blah blah blah. Yeah. So, it's a that kind of duplicitousness doesn't allow for um, a deep, authentic act from that character. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote. Yeah, it is character. kind of a tool. It's to a, get, it is totally yeah. a tool, and it's yeah. been my my. 
not battle, my disinterest, my uh, displeasure that all along the theme that theater is used as a tool to get at something else. Mm -hmm. It's why political theater is no interest to me. Um, write a play about human relationship. Be about human relationship. And then we see the, the qualities of politics inherent in relationship. But I am, I am, I can be entertained by uh, this kind of provocation, but I can't be enriched by it. Mm -hmm. And I have to be, I have to be committed to the nature of art and how it, uh, because if I'm, if I, I have to be committed to this, to a higher calling, a realm that um, attests to the ascent of the human. Um, otherwise, and, and to move toward that, if not, I get sidetracked by what has happened to the conservative Christian caucus. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I begin to believe that my work is better served by managing people's affect, by causing people to do this or causing people to do that, by causing people to laugh at this person's humiliation. That's going to be really funny. This is... This degradation of this situation is going to be really funny or, you know, putting shit all over this guy's doorknob and then having them try to deal with that and then they have shit all over their hands and there's no way for them to wipe it off. <laughs> but I, like, I often don't, like, with this series in particular, like, I think uh, it, it, it's more, it's been more heartbreaking to me than... Like when we were watching just right. now, yeah, I, I, we laughed at the the final one about the um, yeah the group of people in Arizona. Yes, yeah. and they're building a mosque in right. their town. He's proposing. Um, but before that, I'm like mostly just like heartbroken that that's happening in our country, and just like in mm -hmm. what I am in wonder. Yeah. It, wow. Yeah, but this what is... does one do with that then? What construct? What construct? Where does one put that? Where does one hold that? Where does one? What does it? Uh, you know, does it? Okay, it, hopefully it moves someone to political action. That one goes, oh gosh, you can't have that guy in mm -hmm. in our state legislature, and you write letters and say, get out of here, and that he's humiliated and in his community, so he resigns or whatever. Um, so it's a, you know, again, it's okay. It's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool used to manage, but, and that's fine. So, you know, as a, as a discussion that's, that will be listened to by many people, it's, 
it's okay that there are divisions of engagement mm -hmm. with, quote, the arts, um, with, quote, Buffon or the use of character or the use of the, use of the theatrical situation. Um, it's simply that I don't have uh, I am yeah I don't find that uh, yeah yeah <laughs> interesting well, I don't I, I find it I find it interesting but I don't find that it serves a higher purpose other than that it that it serves a political agenda that you know and I know I know I know I know some people go well what you don't really have a higher purpose than a political agenda because it's a structure of society and all. you know okay but I have you have to I have to tell you I have committed my life to a poetic engagement mm -hmm. to believe that the nature of the poetic in this world is viable and not just viable that it is necessary that it is the poet and the seer the prophet who moves society uh, in in ascendant to toward ascendant places mm -hmm. um, it is not political agents that do that yeah um so um well kind of on this this subject is um the you know one of the initial reasons i was interested in this realm of buffon of this satire was because um you know it talks about how they are aliens or they come from outside of the society right, 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 right. so they see both sides of the issue and they take piss the piss out of mm -hmm. both sides so mm -hmm. it's a mm -hmm. yeah. supposed to be like a great equalizer right um and uh i've i've it, i've um rarely experienced that in the actual um practice of it mm -hmm. it's often preaching to the choir so it's yeah. like the i mean a theater-going audience in general is going to be a more liberal audience, um, and then it, in regards to this Sasha Baron Cohen thing, there was two. Uh, the Washington Post wrote a article that had two quotes that I thought were interesting about this um, quote: um, "For many liberals." The show serves as a kind of horror comedy comfort food, mm -hmm. a cathartic validation of the feelings brought on by current news. At the same time, it is likely to reinforce the beliefs of the conservatives who view Hollywood as essentially a place of knee-jerk scorn that will stop at nothing to mock its audiences, particularly in middle America. Um, another quote from that same article. Supporters of Cohen have long argued that he is a pioneer, pioneering social commentator, shrewdly playing off people's egos to expose their true ugliness underneath. To his detractors, though, Cohen and his producers are just duplicitous trick, tricksters, 
taking advantage of others' patience to further their political agenda. So um, the, I, th I thought those were interesting because, it, and we were talking about this mm -hmm. right after we viewed mm -hmm. the clip a little bit, is I'm, I wonder what his goal, his intent is. Mm -hmm. Like if he's trying to um, like be a bridger if if he's trying because he does have he takes the piss out of liberal people too but for some reason the it seems like the conservative stuff is more harder hitting or um, and the, if they're just gonna write him off like is it successful is it is well, it in succeeding that you want to know in what its is intent it, yeah, yeah but that's what you have to ask is what is the intent you know if yeah. it is if it is, you know, it's, it's, I find it legitimate if he understands this state legislature person as, um, as tremendously uh, racist and uh, bigoted and abusive to the freedoms that uh, of the American people, of mm -hmm. the American objective, um, then it's it's just in the way of the Hopi clown, in terms of you know creating a creating a trap for this person to fall into, um, full faced yeah. fall into arms wide. It's um, interesting because he even uses. Um, music in the beginning and end that is Native American uh, like uh, uh, chant, chanting mm. music, yeah. So, so there is a if cultivated, there is a place, a useful place for ridicule. Um, but yeah, it. It's, uh, it's always dangerous. It's always dangerous. Uh, satire, ridicule. Uh, because to a large degree, the desire to humiliate you is often either provoked by my feeling superior to you or my being angry at you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a... I use the word. It's not a wholesome motive. What? Is, so, what? What's your take on rage? Rage is a um, is a propulsion for an artist. Like, is a rage about what they see see in the world going on in the world, injustices mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. see in the world. Um, that is something that fuels the spark of it's always anger i mean you know unless you're unless you are unless you're provoking um a rebellion of some kind a something that requires physical force and a sustained um anger i can't imagine Rage is rage is, is anger uh, 
introverted anger mm. so that it is it becomes a state of being yeah and and it is uh, it is a state that is that will eat the person up yeah so I can't imagine an advocation for rage at any stage it is a conflagration age rage will I mean if it comes to that it's life or death mm-hmm. yeah. you know and if I commit myself to rage then I commit myself to death mm-hmm. you know <laughs> that it will happen or I will die mm-hmm. and once once I once the rage um, enlisted to to get my my desired outcome then then once the desired outcome is achieved you are still you still suffer rage mm-hmm. no matter if it looks quiet or peaceful or there is still you know and often yeah i mean it's just very weird these are these are psychological loops and often rage happens initially at the person's self mm. and is directed outward at something else is projected onto something else yeah um so rage as an artistic motivation is a profoundly dangerous proposal <laughs> yeah you know now it may have we may have uh the effect of that in some uh some piece of work some sculpture some painting some you know um that may endure and serve as some instruction toward beauty or whatnot but the person has become desolate mm. doing that so there's and there's always a question once you uh, once you pick up the the banner of art or the poetic you have to um you have to decide whether it's worth it or not because once you do i mean my my conviction is once you pick up the banner of the poet of the seer of the the one who says um it can mean death mm-hmm. um for me i i uh well in my um my faith conviction i am already a dead man and so it's easier for me to step into some contexts um how, some how do you explorations mean? um i have to accept that my life is forfeit uh-huh so if i and and from a christian perspective which is normal but people don't 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 live it like this but i die when i take on christ so my life is a process of dying mm-hmm. and i look at the work of the artist or the poet as a similar process 
that once I take up the easel or the dance floor, the space of the gesture, um, I forfeit my, I, I accept that that which I create or that which moves through me can be greater than what I touch as a temporal person. Mm -hmm. um, so so my yeah, so I accept my life is forfeit. That if I uh, end up making a piece of theater or uh, painting, or you know, it had to be the case with uh, uh, a symphony in is it Warsaw that was machine gunned after they oh, um, yeah. played Beethoven's Fifth. That there's a in the film. It's it's the horrific <laughs> truth telling of yeah. what of what we. Of what the one who wants to, the one whose conviction is toward beauty in this world, um, you know, if my, yeah, that I, that I have forfeited, I've already determined to forfeit my life, which means that I can play, I can play, I can learn to play in new ways, in new areas, new, uh, with a kind of joy, a kind of exuberance, a kind of clarity and openness. Um, it's difficult, and this, is, this is, goes back also in, to teaching, is that if you teach, if I, I, it's difficult to teach students who are not willing to move into that place mm -hmm. and of forfeiture um, sacrifice that uh, yeah yeah because because then there are there are the student is always concerned about oneself what can I how can I oh my gosh my image my this my that my that my 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 it's always about how I will look, how I will represent, how I will feel, how I will be, you know, and about how I can use this. Mm -hmm. So the question ends up being, well, how can I use this? Well, how can I make this? Mm. Is this a spoon? Is this a fork? Is it a plate? Is it a saucer? Is this a, is this a cup? Will it hold water? Yeah. You know, is it just look like a cup? <laughs> Is in that's as opposed to like being and that I know yeah. that I'm not making a cup. Yeah, I'm making a sculpture that is about a cup. Mm -hmm. Is about holding fluid, about holding nourishment, about holding something, about embracing a space, about you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So this goes, so you've opened a can of worms now because now, now there's, there's the discussion of what is, what, what then is art for, is the poet for? What do they do that's profitable in the world? Mm -hmm. And I have to say, nothing. Yeah. It's not intended to make us, the, the, the poet doesn't have to make a spoon. But it, it, 
I hear you. And for me, this like this is my religion. This is my faith. Mm-hmm. Is in mm-hmm. creating, mm-hmm. in yeah, you know, this yeah. is my purpose. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so that it's what gives me meaning. You know, that's why we can work together. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we'll see what the next dialogue at the end of the time. Okay. Has to has to say, but you do. You have to be. You have to. The yeah. It's it's difficult to play with someone when you have a partner. You have to trust that the partner is in the game for the same stakes that you are, mm-hmm. or it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All relationship. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's the drama. It's the. The damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. This um, moving to this thing that we've kind of talked a yeah. little bit about, yeah. but I yeah. I had to write this out because this is something that I've dealt with for a while, but I needed to um, just write it out to so. Um, but I'll try to make it sound as extempore as possible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So one of the my struggles with Buffon work is the mask that it's presented through. Um, so Buff is to puff up. So a hallmark of the work is the deformed, misshapen costume bodies, and I have a love hate relationship with yeah, this aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've actually abandoned it for the last the I mean monkey show on the chimpanzee and bucko on like it's really not there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it, the costume's been liberating and dramatic for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also find that there's a disconnect between the mask and the origins of the form in comparison to other forms of physical theater or, or mask forms out there. Like Commedia dell'arte, it's always been performed in the half mask, red nose, the red nose. Um, but the mask of Buffon in, in some of the origins it hasn't always been a mask. It's the actual deformities mm-hmm. of the performer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with the Feast of Fools, the people uh, with actual deformities would come out of the hills and make yeah. fun of the king for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the actual deformity that gives them the permission to be prophets and social critics. Right, right. So something I've wondered about and struggled with is, is it insincere to take on deformities if it's not real? And uh, does that lose the power? Like, but so I've seen um, the costuming really work with some like Red Bastard, mm-hmm. where it's really fake, hyper yeah. fake balloons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he takes them out at the end, and he's naked and is super fake. Um, uh, and I like I'm kind of interested in like now, making wait, it. Are, hi- is, this, is this on? Yes. Oh, this is recording yeah. now. Okay, yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, the. The I'm interested in like hyper real costuming, um, and that's something I've tried to go for, um, but 
I'm 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 wondering because for me the aesthetics of the of the form mm-hmm. are um, really important because like sometimes I see Buffon where there's like foam sticking and I'm like I can't believe that right so um, there and and then there's like um, different people are are doing less costuming or like you know um so i don't know like what are your thoughts on that mask as- aspect and well the mask aspect i feel like is one of the stronger aspects uh-huh. of the form that i actually have some it's hard to say affinity for um If, yeah, and if if it creates a resonant space for the character, a resonant uh, internal space for the character, um, much of the time, what I when I see clips and different different things with the characters of the Buffon, then I see a frailness about the person who is all gathered up mm-hmm. with deformity. Um, and I don't find that the action, the intent, the play of the voice, the, that it doesn't um, allow for the volume of the character, mm-hmm. that I don't hear the resonance of the form, mm-hmm. that they're not a real thing. Um, it's the same way as somebody having to dress up as a fat person and walk around on the stage, and they're still walking around as a skinny person in a fat suit. Yes. That there's an inconsistency in the play of the person with the mask. Uh, but I think that, that the mask of the bouffant, the deformity is a is a good and credible challenge for the work of the actor. Mm-hmm. And I, when I went to Lecoq, I the interview at the last year was to say my, as he said to me, "What are you doing? What are you, what are you here for?" And I said, "Well, I understand this the form." I understand structures and things. I have affinities for an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking for is the... I understand the tension in the string. What I'm looking for is the frayed end of it. How does it, how does it come apart? How does it... What is... How do, how do we exhibit or play with the frayed end of the string in the theater? that that comes to pieces that that yeah yeah so i i have an affinity with the grotesque um so yeah i but i i understand the the in this time also uh in this era the the making the body, the mask, as a series of deformities, 
um, is in some, well, maybe in all of the society, is impolite. Mm -hmm. But we might say that that is also part of the satire. Uh -huh. um, and so it's a pretty complete, uh, it's a pretty complete system. Then, if you if you accept that, that uh, this person in the wheelchair, this person who has a humpback, or this person who is, you know, who has no leg, who has you know, that huge butt has, you know, that. Yeah, so there is, there is, so there is in some ways an inherent unkindness mm -hmm. about that. And you have to, I believe that you kind of have to accept that if you accept the, um, what, let's see, that, that if you accept to play in that mask, in the deformed mask, then there is a quality of accepting that it also is part of the ridicule. Mm -hmm. And you have to accept that it is also part of the ridicule of that who is deformed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's like taking on, and I've like, um, in this, I have, there's uh, Karen Hines who is from Canada and does this work, but she teaches something called Neo Buffon that is like she tries to, and she has this character named Poxy mm. that she developed off of her, the Buffon aspects of herself. So, um, you know, like really tried to go into what is because we each have an issue or like something yeah, yeah. that is Buffon about our yeah, yes. own, right? So, um, something about yeah. all of us is deformed, yeah, yeah, something about in, all in, of us in, is in its, misshapen, yeah, 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 maybe it's more internal, or, yes, yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, anyways, that. That is something maybe we'll play with. I don't know. Um, okay, one more thing, and then we'll. Okay. Okay. So, um, for for me, satire is like practicing a kind of ev evisceration to get to the truth of an issue mm -hmm. um, and expose it, no matter how t taboo um, that issue is, in order to have a catharsis. Mm -hmm. um, I feel, I wonder and feel uh, about the connection between that and the form of teaching in Lecoq method, the mm -hmm. via negativa, because mm -hmm. there's a similar, um, it seems to me, or I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this, um, a similar uh, spiraling in or cutting to get to the what's beneath what do you think about that well hmm I have avoided satire and have avoided um, 
what uh, a kind of contrivance in the classroom. I I feel I felt growing up a real uh, uh, abuse of authority for me is a huge issue, mm-hmm. and in the classroom, it is a kind of holy state. Um, so, for me, it is important that the the actions in the classroom are genuine. So my acts, even though they may be provocative or provoke the student to do, are not to manage the student to do something. Yes, okay. So there was a, someone had commented at one time, my throwing tennis balls at people, um, that it was ridiculous how would they know what I wanted them to do? And of course my answer is I don't want them to do anything but to avoid the tennis ball. I want yeah. them to I want them to admit that they are in this place and time with me now. Mm-hmm. And so if I happened to throw a tennis ball or a shoe or a chair, God forbid, <laughs> at somebody, it is in the hopes that they will accept that not as um, some elliptical uh, play to get them to do, quote, what I want them to do that is unknowable and mm-hmm. so terribly frustrating, but that they accept the condition that they find themselves in. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a, this, it's a, it's a different thing. I have, I have run into students who thought I was trying to, uh, be clever with them or, you know, uh, but I, don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the so I don't have any engagement with satire. Yeah, and I, I and I wasn't. Um, I don't think I was trying to s- say the mocking aspects, but there's a certain um, like because it's it, it's an empathetic, like, peeling away of the mm-hmm. layer. Like, if so- a person is an onion, mm-hmm. it's like an empathetic peeling away of mm-hmm. Well, I hold them, or... I hold, uh, in, the, in, the, in the class, I hold a student to, um, I, I hold them accountable to, uh, to actually engage what is proposed? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. If let's see, what was I thinking? I was. Um, and and to the and to this point that they that they suffer for us what they feel. 
Mm. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's not that this is the training that they will do this before an audience, but that they, as, a, as an agent of emotion, will suffer the possibility that they can uh, be out of control before their fellows, uh-huh. that they can be um, several number, any number of situations. In fact, there was, several, there was a time in Clown when I would come home and Ian, the son, would say, did anybody cry today? So it was, this was his, this was his perspective of clown class. And it is that someone, you know, in clown, you think, oh, I'm going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And you go up and try to be funny, and you're not funny. Because the clown is not, the clown does not try to make people laugh. The clown is something that I laugh at. Mm-hmm. There was a fellow one time who wanted said to me, "You have to make me funny," and um, went through two weeks of class. No one laughing. It's a magician. It's good. It's fine. He does things. It's pleasant. It's no one's laughing. So third week, and he is after class at the end of the week. You have to. You have to do something. You have to do something. I have to be funny. I have to be funny. So I said, "Okay, come." You know, not just glibly, okay, come here, but but I said, come down and let's have lunch and talk to me. So we did. We went down. He is like, I have to blah, 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 talking. We had chicken salad sandwich. And, and I take an old milk jug and a little mat line, knife, and I carve this thing for him, and I put it down on the table in front of him and he just stared at it and he said I don't have to wear that do I and I said if you want people to laugh at you you do and he said I don't want them to laugh at me I don't want them to laugh at me I want to be able to make them laugh mm. very telling Yeah. you know so I said if you will wear those People will laugh. Teeth, buck teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he there's a them. lot of pain in that. He wore them yeah. that next day, and people laughed. Uh-huh. He never wore them again. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's this, it's a, it's a, it's yeah, a deal. It's like, I mean, you know, yeah. the, the work of the theater is a, is a, is a deal. And I disregard shortcuts and sometimes I think Buffon is a fun lark that I can stuff and make this obtuse body and wag my big penis around and you know do my boobs and tits and I can shake my big butt and I can do you know and I can criticize and talk ugly to people because I have this mask on that's called Buffon and so it's like sorry (laughs) <laughs> no, keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I say. I'm so, so it's, it's, I don't, um, so that's a large, that's, you know, 
my disinterest, my lack of interest, mm-hmm. is that it, yeah, that I don't find, and this is this is maybe you know I've maybe been criticized, maybe I'm totally criticized for this. I don't find the suffering of the person in mm-hmm. that. I don't, I don't hear the silence. I don't hear the silence. Of well, there is there's a silence and the stillness, but it's still um, it's not necessarily like there's still the burn. Yeah, they're still burning you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not. Uh, so I want to see, even though I mean the person, some clowns talk incessantly. Mm-hmm. And I've said you can't ever stop not talking. Now you have to you you cannot stop talking. That the character exists in the words flowing out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. But somebody, a character like that, is there's a quality of desperation in the center of that, and in that there is a stillness and silence. There is a wait. Mm-hmm. And so the Buffon is such an extreme entity that I, if I don't hear or I don't find this weight, I don't, you know, then it's superfluous. Yeah. And it's only a gimmick. It's only uh, anecdotal. So, yeah, but. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to get started, and we'll do another one of these. At yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll the see. Yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. Way cool, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you yeah. so much, Ross. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. That's fun. Great. Yeah. Great.